everyone welcome to the Forbes India cover story podcast series in association with the indicas.com my name is abhishek and joining me on the call is the author of this issue's cover story ashish mishra who is a senior principal correspondent and this one is about nissan reviving a japanese brand called datsun in four countries indonesia south africa russia and india and how does the path look for the company in india is what the story is about hi ashish nice to have you here Thanks Abhishek nice to speak with you whenever you are on the call it's a safe bet that it it'll be from the automotive sector and uh, no surprise this time too if readers remember last time around we had discussed Daimler and how it plans to take a shot at the Tatas in the truck market but give us a background on Datsun it is not exactly a common name not everyone knows it tell us a bit about its history and uh, why the sudden interest from Nissan well if you have to understand Datsun then there are three points to remember number 1 is that Datsun was the first brand under which Nissan started selling cars way back in 1933 you know Datsun is also a brand under which uh, Nissan has sold its vehicles in more than 180 countries most of Nissan's current crop of senior executives today have been a part of a era when you know they entered the company when the Datsun was getting phased out which was somewhere in 1986 so somewhere in 2009 the realization was that the future growth markets or you know the high growth markets are india china russia at nissan and with carlos gon the realization was that uh, in these high growth markets uh, the nissan brand per se would not be sufficient to give them volume sales which is why the idea of saying that you know let's revive a brand the way things stand today you know 50% of the automotive market in india 40% of the automotive market in indonesia and 30% of the automotive market in russia escapes nissan so what carlos gon is essentially trying to say is that you know with one brand called datsun which is an entry level range of small cars can we attack the you know heart of the market in these markets that's the idea and that's where datsun was kind of uh, decided that somewhere into december 2009 call was taken that the brand will you know be brought back and uh, it will be a play in these markets and it hasn't uh, yet been launched right uh, they will be unveiling this car to carlos gon the head of uh, nissan renault sometime in july the global unveiling of the datsun is on 15th of july this will be the first time that everybody will have a chance to look at what the car looks like can we call this bit of a desperate move in the sense uh, that nissan has been in india for a bit i think 3 years and it has foreign competitors like general motors honda and yet you don't see your colleagues or your neighbors or your friends buy a nissan i don't have any from the circle of friends who has gone for that brand so clearly it hasn't done as overwhelmingly as it would have liked how does nissan fare in india how big a bet is datsun now for it nissan has been in the market for about 3 years now and uh, the market share for for the company is around 1.3% haven't done phenomenally well in the market their range of small cars which is uh, micra sunny and there's the uh, ivalia and then there's the extrail and you know if you look last year results alone i mean micro sales have have come down by about 40% sunny as a vehicle started pretty well then it again is nowhere in comparison to what uh, the segment leader like averna does nissan took a big bet on the ivalia but uh, that came out to be a complete dud in the market they had huge expectations from the ivalia but it really didn't materialize into anything nissan has other issues also so i mean 
if you look at Hoover Automotive, the distribution partner in India, they haven't really been the best of friends in terms of, or best of partners, if I can use that word. So last year, there was an incident where dealers of Nissan in India refused to take deliveries of vehicles from Hoover Automotive, citing VAT issues. So Nissan hasn't really done very well. Now what the Datsun comes and does is that below the Micra, which is under 4 lakh rupees, is where the Datsun range of vehicles will play. So that's a segment where the Datsun should kind of come in. It's a region which is completely dominated by Maruti Suzuki today. 30% of that market today is, is dominated by Maruti. That's a segment that the Datsun is going to play in. You know, it is a big bet. I mean, you know, considering that Nissan has been planning the Datsun project for, what, almost three and a half, four years now. So, you know, my conversations with Vincent Kobe, who's the head of the Datsun project, suggest that um, Nissan, in its corporate history, has never attempted a project of this size. The idea is that with one category of vehicles, which is the Datsun, they are going to launch vehicles in, in Russia, in India, in Indonesia, and Volvosa, South Africa. So they've not done something like this. The last thing that they did of this scale and, and depth of research was perhaps the Infinity for the North American market. But it never had, Infinity never had the kind of scale that the Datsun has, which is what makes the project um, so exciting for Nissan. And talking about the scale and the size of the project, I was quite surprised to read in your piece that the number of people on the project is not not terribly high. For instance, you write that there are 17 people in Japan, 1-7, and overall the strength of the Datsun team is little less than 50. That's the size of a small-scale cottage industry in India. What are the reasons for the team being so lean? Does it come from the Japanese style of working or is there more to it? Because every company has its own reasons for keeping small teams. Like for instance, in Apple, uh, Steve Jobs always maintained that his Macintosh team should be less than 100 people so that he could address everyone by their first names. And it also helped so that there was no flab. Now, when we are talking about a company which has more than 2 lakh employees, if I'm not wrong and if they're betting so big on one project it doesn't seem to have that huge a team to work with correct so nissan globally employs about 267000 people if you look at the datsun project you're right i mean you know at headquarters in yokohama there are about 17 executives directly reporting to vincent kobe and uh, the corporate team is just shy of 80 people i think the idea and this is very well articulated by uh, by kobe is that the size of the team is a reflection of a sort of venture capitalist idea within a large multinational company. So he says that you don't spend truckloads of money until you have proven your case, and you don't build a team ahead of the results. I think that's a good indication of how, how Nissan is looking at this project. And yes, purposefully, the size of the team is behind workload and results. Two, if you want to do it quick and right, you need people to communicate with each other. That's why it is a lean team. And your story also suggests that Nissan is banking on this brand to contribute anywhere between 33 to 50% of its volumes in India. Now, that's quite ambitious. How, how does it plan to go about it? Did you have a chance to you know, talk about their strategy of launch or entry? The car should be on sale starting next year. Nissan has started a process of ramping up its distribution network. That is a critical success factor of a project like Datsun. They have a target of getting to about uh, 350 dealers by end of next year. The model that they are kind of working on is called Shop and Shop, in which, in which case the Datsun will be displayed within the dealership, but it will be sold by representatives who will look different or wear different clothes compared to what Nissan salespeople will wear. Scaling up of distribution is, is a critical success factor here. So if you're going to compete with Maruti, which has presence in more than 1,300 cities in the country, you will need to have an extensive dealership network. Other than that, I think the view that Datsun team has come in with is that they believe 
that the choice before a customer in, in India is to buy a product that is antiquated. And if I read that right, what they're saying is that, you know, the current company, which is Maruti Suzuki, sells antiquated technology in the country. I'm not so sure if I subscribe to that view, but Nissan certainly believes that at a price of 4 lakhs, they'll be able to bring a product that's modern, reliable, you know, with better technology. Just to cut you in there, I think it's interesting that all these multinationals have this opinion about Indian companies, quote-unquote, providing you know lesser than the best technology. For instance, back in your cover story on Daimler, you had mentioned that one of the reasons why Tata sells a lot is that they have their service stations all across the country or every mechanic knows how to fix the smallest of chinks in the truck. But Daimler said that we are not going to have as many service stations primarily because our product will not break down as often. Yeah. So it was more like saying that, why don't you relax? Do not go by the number of service stations we have, but see how often do you have to open the bonnet uh, after every X thousand kilometers. So that is one mindset that will always, that challenge will always be there. I don't know what is the best way to beat it. One way is obviously to talk about how your technology is better than that of an uh, Indian company. So uh, how far do you think this mindset can be broken? And I'm asking you only because you're pretty much entrenched in the automotive industry you own for listeners who might know or remember from a previous podcast, you own a little fleet of cars yourself, all four of them, <laughs> although antiquated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There is something about this uh, service stations that Indians are, you want to have as an insurance that if my car breaks down, I need to know where to take it to closest. No, I think one fact is absolutely clear about the Indian market, that if you have to get in, you need to have a huge distribution network. And I'm saying a huge distribution network plainly from the point of view of who is your target buyer and how will you sell it to the target buyer. So if you are planning to sell a car of uh, rupees 4 lakh and below, then you should know that you know your target buyer is going to be in tier 2, tier 3, and, and below kind of uh, towns and cities. So you have to be present there. You know, you have to be ready with your uh, sales and after sales and everything. And Nissan has made it absolutely clear with the Datsun that their target buyer is probably a first-time buyer of a vehicle. So when a person is a first-time buyer of a vehicle, there are expectations. that So you can't short-circuit that process by not doing it. And I don't think Nissan is trying to do that. So they are trying to ramp up their distribution network. But it will be some time, I should say quite some time, before they get anywhere close to the top five uh, you know, automotive companies in India. But to call somebody else's cars antiquated is somehow, I think, not the best judgment. Because if you look at it in the market, I mean, the last entry in this category was uh, by Hyundai Eon. Then Hyundai is the second largest car company in India. You know, Eon had everything going for it. It looked different from Maruti's range of products. It was a modern offering. It had better features. It was priced well. But despite all of these advantages, it had an initially very slow start as compared to, you know, what Maruti does. Of course, I mean, today the Eon sells more than the item in Hyundai's portfolio. But it started very small and it didn't turn out to be, you know, the auto killer as many people kind of made it out to be. But it remained just another car. It is a very difficult segment to, to kind of get in. And I think Kobe made that point. What Kobe said is that he knows about the thousand pound gorilla sitting in India. But I think he also got carried away by saying, you know, that the thousand pound gorilla in India, is it a Japanese company or is it an Indian company selling cars in Japan? Okay, so that's a, so that's a snide remark, but you know, but I, I, but I'm sure that the Dassin team understands what they're dealing with in India. Great, uh, I think uh, on that note, it's time to wrap up. Thanks a lot, Ashish, for your time and uh, pick up the copy. It hits the stands in a couple of days. Well, that's about it. Thanks, Ashish. Thanks so much, Abhishek. 
Thank you. And all your listeners, you can get this podcast as usual on ForbesIndia.com as well as TheIndicars.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes. To have someone contact you from Forbes, just message Forbes to 51818. Thank you.